ladies and gentlemen, introducing the challenger. He has slayed the beasts on the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, weighing in at X amounts of packaged meat bags, Daniel, the underwhelming Speck, and his opponent, and his opponent, the quintessential stud muffin, the breaker of Richter scales, Steve, the trash compactor. Oh yeah. And welcome everybody to Rodane. That's the Vince McMahon voice, by the way. So we are all Vince McMahon now. <sighs> are you ready, Daniel? Because today we're going to tackle wrestling. Indeed we are. This is going to be fun. Well, pro wrestling. Not doing that amateur crap. We're doing fake <laughs> pro wrestling. We're doing the professional fake that, stuff. Well, th it's funny that amateur wrestling is legit. Yeah. Like the Olympics, the Olympic wrestling is also called amateur wrestling. Oh, and pro wrestling okay. is fake. <laughs> well, got a copy. Well, Daniel. Yes. We, we need to get to your initiation test first. We can't just... I can't just talk about wrestling with you unless you answer... The essential wrestling question. Oh, shit. Are you ready? Uh, no, but okay. Okay. Well, to be clear, I'm going to ask you a question, okay? Yes. And there are no direct answers to it. There's no yes or no answer, okay? Okay. So you need to think deeply within your little stomach, okay? You need to pull up from your ass <laughs> the answer. <laughs> I mean, that's basically where they're coming from, let's be fair. Uh, so, Daniel. Yes. Is wrestling real? Are we talking pro wrestling or amateur wrestling? Pro wrestling. No. Uh, Daniel, <laughs> I told you that there's no yes or no answers. <laughs> okay, it is real in the fact that it is real people fake fighting each other. But it is fake in the sense that the fighting is fake and the storylines are made up. Well, Daniel, yes. now I know that you you can be labeled what is called in the wrestling community a mark. <laughs> can I be a marky mark? No, wait. Uh, no, like marks is a code word for idiot. <laughs> oh, fair enough. I'll, I'll accept that. So the correct the correct answer is that wrestling is not fake. It's choreographed. You understand? That was kind of my answer. Well, Daniel, the thing is, so wrestling is is fake in the sense that the two people are not fighting in an, in an attempt to win a prize like in UFC, oh. but the moves that they do still impact their body. You understand? Yeah. Like there are there's choreograph there's choreography in the sense that they help each other on certain moves. But the toll that those moves take on their bodies are still real. Ah. Do you get what I'm knocking at? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yes. <laughs> don't don't. It's dirty. <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, of course, but you know. So, wrestling has been in the news lately, yeah. and it's always for for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> what did What did Vince McMahon do now? 
Ah, Vince McMahon. So, uh, Florida. So, as you know, USA, the most infected country on the planet, is about to open up point. again. <laughs> they uh, some businesses like the the thing is the like in probably in most of the world the idea is that non-essential businesses are supposed to be closed. Yes. Right. Yes. So, so WWE, which is a company that produces wrestling, yeah, like. It produces a TV show for, I think, USA Network and Fox. And they, they've been declared an essential business by the state of Florida where they have their performance center, where they where for the past couple of weeks they've been taping shows with no audiences. <laughs> I mean, I can sort of, in a way, see the twisted logic in it. I don't, I don't agree to that twi- twisted logic, but... I can kind of see it. Also, it makes perfect sense that it's Florida that announces wrestling to be essential business. Well, let me explain uh, to you how this came to be, Daniel. Uh, a lot of money. So, well, so Vince McMahon has a wife. Her name is Linda McMahon. And <laughs> she has been in charge of... She's been on uh, Donald Trump's uh, cabinet, I think, for a while. And, uh, As has everyone, almost. Yeah. Uh, and she, and uh, coincidentally, a couple of days before uh, Florida declared WWE an essential business, Linda McMahon's uh, organization or charity thing mm-hmm. donated a bunch of money to the to the Florida state to the state of Florida. I think. Ah. So you know, ah. there's that. Good old fashioned <laughs> bribery. Also, so there's that. There's also the fact that up until now, WWE was taping shows, uh-huh. as in it would bring it would fly in talent, right? The wrestlers, uh-huh. and they would tape a bunch of shit for like a month, yeah, a month's worth of content basically. So in a, in like two days, they so they wouldn't do it live. They would just make it in advance and then. Ship. Well, one, it's pointless to do it live because there's no audience anyway. Yeah. And two, you need to minimize contact as much as possible. So, okay, we're going to do it in bulk yeah. and secure it then and then just send everybody home. Makes sense. But Vince McMahon <laughs> decided uh, this week or last week, we're going to go live again. <laughs> With an audience? No audience. But still live. But, but well, but to be why? fair, it's not his fault per se because the from what I understand, the contracts that WWE have with the television networks uh-huh. require a certain number of live shows every year. Yeah, but I would consider this to be outstanding circumstances. Well, I don't think private companies care for outstanding circumstances. Also, the thing is, so obviously, all television networks that deal in and live broadcasting are hurting right now yeah, in terms of cash flow. Yep. So, because there's no Super Bowl anymore, there's no basketball, and uh, there's a lot of esports. Nobody cares about esports. Hey, I mean, I know a lot I of mean, people. I mean, ESPN there. is starting um, to show basically all esports, apparently. What I'm getting at is that if WWE would purge their contract, as in if they would not broadcast the, the number of live shows that they were supposed to uh-huh. that would give USA Network an out to not pay them, uh, you know. Yeah. 
Okay. So there, that's the logic there from what I understand. Because I would just think that, you know, Vince McMahon would call up the network and go, you know, we're making a couple of months worth of entertainment in bulk and then you can air it. So it's not live, of course, but we're still making you content as per yeah, our Yeah, but the agreement. thing is they don't care. Yeah. The network but w- but when will you... look for any chance to save money. Yeah, when you explain it like that, I can totally see why they are forced to do it live. Well, this is all based on internet speculation yes. that I follow. Oh, fair enough. Actually, Vince McMahon took out like a... Like he sold some of his shares in the company to start up, uh, I think this was in early 2010 or I think it was late 2019, whatever. Uh, he sold some of his shares to get some cash so he can start a new fo- a new football league. Like American football? Called the, no, it's called the XFL. <laughs> like it was supposed to be separate to the NFL. So it's the, called the XFL. So the extreme football league. Uh, I I think I think he said it's extra fun league, because <laughs> he's a fucking troll. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> God damn it! Uh, God damn it, Vince McMahon. And because the whole football thing shut down, yeah, it went bankrupt. So he lost all his money that he spent on that. Ooh. And of course, everybody's everybody's salty on that because, like, well, if you didn't spend so much fucking money. On your fucking stupid XFL thing that nobody nobody wanted this except Vince McMahon. Nobody cares about another football league. Yeah. It, it's it's stupid and he spent so much money on it and now it's it's gone. It's over. So it lasted like two months. Vince McMahon has basically pulled a Disney right now. I guess. So Disney, this is a little side tangent, but it's kinda of funny. Disney is hurting pretty badly financially because they don't have oh. because they don't have the theme parks. The theme parks are actually he spent so much money on CGIing uh, Daryl Hannah's butt from Splash. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> that was that was the worst. Anyway, so Disney's main revenue is actually their theme parks, not their movies. Uh, and with the theme parks closed, and they don't have a, they've just spent a lot of money buying Fox, which was a giant loan they had to take out of like six billion uh plus they don't have the fallout the fallback of like a giant network comp or a giant uh telecommunications company like warner bros for instance have they're owned by comcast uh and i think yeah. paramount as well because they're owned like ams paramount is owned by uh, viacom yeah so again giant telecommunications network so disney is actually hurting quite bad for money right now yeah can't say i feel bad for them so <laughs> i feel bad for the employees who are probably going to be laid off because of this yeah that's true uh, but ah god this whole thing sucks do i feel bad um, for bob Iger? no fucking way listen i just want to talk about wrestling no disney talk on my show okay i want to talk about wrestling brother <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> um so uh Oh, and on another sad note, um, Howard Finkel passed away. He was a ring announcer for WWE. He was the first employee of Vince McMahon ever. Huh. Like, even before he he bought uh, the World Wrestling Federation from his dad. Damn. When was that? And uh, That was like, what, 70s? 60s? Or late 70s, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, uh, Howard Finkel was uh, 
one of the most famous Madison Square Garden announcers ever. Uh-huh. And um, they brought him back for like an event in 2011 or something. Uh-huh. Um, and <laughs> it was crazy because he was, they were doing this thing where the, ba- the bad guy, the heel, yeah. um, had a personal ring announcer because that's a heelish thing to do. Like I I'm, have my own personal ring announcer, you know. Uh, yeah. uh, and uh they did a thing where the good guy had his own personal ring announcer and it turned out to be Howard Finkel. And oh, um that's, that's nice. And it was a CM Punk and CM Punk was at the time probably the most popular wrestler in the world. And the funny thing is when Howard Finkel came in and to introduce him, like the whole, and it, it was in Madison Square Garden uh-huh. and he got such a huge reaction, like bigger than CM Punk. <laughs> like everybody started cheering, Howard Finkel. <laughs> I mean, if you're a big fan of wrestling, I can imagine that. And I, I loved Howard Finkel. Like when I was a kid, I would go to the WWE website when they when their website was still great, and uh, he had a, a a thing where where he, it was called "I'll Think the Fink," where he would play trivia games based on questions he would ask. Okay. But it was wrestling trivia, but you know. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense that it's wrestling trivia not you know ah, and he had such a cool cadence like it was like ladies and gentlemen introducing the challenger <laughs> it's awesome right. um yeah he passed away unfortunately uh-huh. yeah i think uh yesterday or the day before yesterday uh and uh, somebody took a picture from his uh his room in the hospital uh-huh. There's like boards you you have at your rooms in the hospital. You can write shit on them. Uh-huh. And uh, on his board, he wrote, uh, "Remember to turn on the TV at eight o'clock for Raw," and then a uh, uh, signed the Fink. You know. Ah, <laughs> uh, loyal. Such to a the like end. dedicated, yeah, dedicated guy. Yeah. And, you know, everybody talked about him, and he's like a really swell guy and stuff like that. Because apparently most people in wrestling are assholes, so you know. <laughs> I mean Vince McMahon. <laughs> so I, I just want to, Daniel. I want you. I want to ease you into what the world of pro wrestling is, because I I feel like you don't really comprehend it in its full beauty. It's because I don't. What What do you know about pro wrestling? Let's start with that. Okay, I know that it is played over like. A long time as like story arcs and i know there are heroes and i know there are villains and i know there are you know story arcs you know i know it's a very how do i put it produced thing like sort of theater in a sense uh it's also very yeah. violent uh yeah. like like they do actually get hurt you know yeah uh, and okay I know the let's get ready to rumble guy and I know Vince McMahon is an ass. That's yeah. Okay. So you you said almost everything that would enrage an actual wrestling fan. <laughs> uh, first of all, the rage rumble guy, we do not like him. <laughs> okay. Cuz the uh, he's a boxing guy, so, you know. Ah, okay. And uh he announced the wrestling for a while on w- WCW Nitro, but everybody hated him because it would take forever. Because he would do the whole, 
uh, waning at 200 this morning and 400 uh, lbs or whatever. And was like, uh, oh, yeah, okay. Jesus he, he, Christ. Would, he would do the full uh, boxing thing. Yes. Yeah, and after a while, it got really boring. Yeah, having know. having watched a little bit of boxing, yes, it gets boring. Um, it's like just get your fucking catchphrase, okay? Just yeah. Do your thing with. The... And then leave. anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the the whole thing about wrestling is that it 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 is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple permutations of it. Um, so back in the seventies, there were. I'm talking about American wrestling right now, even though there is other areas of the world where wrestling is permanent, like the UK and Japan. Mm-hmm. But let's stick to America to keep it simple. Um, so wrestling used to be what is called in the world of wrestling a shoot. Shoot refers to something that is real. Okay. Now, why do wrestling... Why does wrestling have all these code words for everything? It's because when they decided to make it fake, they had code words to use for everything so that people around them wouldn't realize that it's fake because they wouldn't know what they were talking about. So that's why they would call it shoot, work, mark, heel, face, you know. Sounds kind of dickish in a way. What? It sounds kind of dickish. Well, it's a it's a code, so you don't like, you know... So that peop- if you talk around people that don't know that it's fake, they don't realize it's fake because they don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm also thinking it's sort of like a, it's kind of like I know more than you kind of thing. It's kind of gatekeepy in a way. Plus, you can sit around and call people basically an idiot without them knowing it, which is kind of dickish. Mm, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But that's kind of part of the charm. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, anyway, so wrestling used to be a shoot and then there it started become becoming fake i think in the 40s or 50s where they started getting choreographed and whatever Uh. and by the time vince mcmahon came around with the world wrestling federation in the in the late 70s early 80s he he brought him brought in the angle of like these characters that are extremely over the top, like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh yeah. Yep. Ah, I just uh, Mach- Macho Man was the greatest character ever. <laughs> and like the thing is, some of these characters you would think that they're 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 not as much characters as you might think. Like if you watch interviews with normal Randy Savage, he sounds the same. <laughs> so he's just Randy Savage. He just, that's how his voice, that's how he was. He was just like, mm, you gotta go do a thing. Uh, <laughs> like uh, one of the wrestlers went on uh, Joe Rogan. I, his name was uh, Jake the Snake Roberts because he would carry a snake with him to the ring, an actual snake. I think I've seen, um, I think I've seen images of him or like clips of him. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's a story where they he was doing, uh, when you do a story arc uh-huh. in, in wrestling, it's called an angle. You're doing an angle with somebody. Um, so he was doing an angle with Randy Savage. And yeah. the whole, the climax of the angle was that he would actually get a cobra to bite him on on the, on the, on the, the, the arm. Okay. So he, Jake the Snake would get a cobra to bite Randy Savage on the arm. And <laughs> before their match. Sounds like a bad idea, but okay. What was that? I just said it sounds like a bad idea. It sounds awesome. Um. Anyway, uh, 
the the thing is the cobras that 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 Jake would work with were fixed as in they would have their 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 venom packs removed surgically mm-hmm. you know yeah obviously so that the so that you won't be killed by them but they yeah. still have the fangs okay and and uh <laughs> before the match Randy went to him and he was he was still doing his Randy voice cuz that's the only voice he has is like so we're doing the match tonight okay but has the snake been fixed? <laughs> Jake's like, yeah. Uh, he's like, maybe he has and maybe he hasn't. <laughs> and uh, and Jake's like, what do you want me to do? He's like, what if he bites you right now? <laughs> so apparently Jake let the snake bite him before the match. And then Randy watched him so that he wouldn't take antidotes or anything he just watched him while he while he was bitten by a snake just to ensure <laughs> like in that the locker room area just to ensure that it wasn't you know poisoned yeah Poisonous. and then after like 15 minutes it was like mm, okay <laughs> wow and then he got bit by a cobra on live tv and the thing is jake was pissed because he made made the uh, he he had he was bitten on the leg by a cobra, which was not what he was expecting, right? Uh-huh. And uh, during the match, he took out the cobra as per planned. But what he did was he he brushed the cobra over the face, like kind of slapped the cobra so it would get really angry. And then when it like it it launched onto Randy Savage's arm, it like they couldn't get it off him. <laughs> His fangs were stuck in Randy's arm. Oh. So they had to, like, the referee and everybody to, like, pull the fucking snake off of him. And then when he got off, like, two vampire-style holes, like, started shooting blood on, like... This was supposed to be a Saturday morning show. (laughs) I mean, cool, I guess. Uh, That's what I love about wrestling. It's just people doing the craziest shit ever. I mean, for a story. I mean, I I can kind of see that, but s- still. Yeah. And the the best part probably about pro wrestling is that as time went on, I think um, there has been more emphasis put on the actual athleticism of the wrestlers and not on their sort of characters, which is sort of a good and bad thing. It's good because you actually get to watch something really impressive physically. Like Hulk Hogan was cool, but at the end of the day, he couldn't move for shit, you know? I mean, yeah. Because he was big and roided out of his mind. Ah, <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan. Because, like, the, the WWE got hit with a major steroid scandal because apparently uh, Vince McMahon was peddling steroids to the, to the talent in, like, the late 90s. No, I think it was mid-90s. I mean, and uh, because of that, they cut down on uh, steroid use. I mean, like nobody would. Is it surprising, honestly? Is it no? But no. But... Have you seen pictures of Vince McMahon? He looks yeah. like a roid monster. <laughs> I I have seen pictures of Vince McMahon, and he looks like somebody who hasn't stopped taking steroids his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I take those steroids. <laughs> um, the so. A lot of new talent has been 
emphasize more on their actual abilities. Like you have Bret the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels. And uh, because of that, there's been a lot of shift towards more actual real storylines and not the, you know, crazy over the top people getting bit by snakes and stuff, even though that stuff is really fun. Um, so you have more realistic stories to the point where there's a story it's called the Montreal screw job which is probably the most famous wrestling story ever which is actually real it's not even fake but okay. what it, they 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 somehow did something that's known in pro wrestling as working yourself into a shoot <laughs> so a work is what is referred to when everything's choreographed everything's fake everything is predetermined right yeah a shoot is when it's, it's real. real. Yeah. So when you work yourself into a shoot, you make an angle that you want to look as real as possible to the point that you it it like uh, escapes your control and becomes real. Huh. So the the Montreal screw job is uh, the story of Brett the Hitman Hart and his uh, rivalry against Shawn Michaels. These are two competitors who in the in the mid nineties they were supposed to be the guys that would replace Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and all those over the top characters from the eighties. You know, yeah. these were like real agile, extremely talented professionals, in incredible to watch in the ring. Uh -huh. But the problem is they hated each other in real life because Shawn Michaels was a dick and like a kind of a like a drug addict and Brett was a extremely down to earth calm collected guy uh. like an ultimate professional kind of thing and uh, the whole thing is Brett got an offer from the rival company WCW um with for a lot of money and he wanted to leave so his contract was up in 97 but the problem is he was the world champion. And one of the most embarrassing things that you can do for a company in pro wrestling is show up on another company's network with <laughs> the rival company's world world championship. You know, uh, it yeah. devalues it completely. Yeah. So what they wanted to do was work an angle with Brett where he drops the title, you know, uh -huh. to somebody. But the only guy near the top that would it would be believable for Brett to drop it. Because the thing is, Brett didn't want to drop it to anybody. Because if you drop it to a guy that is obviously inferior, you devalue your character. Yeah. You know? So the only guy that it would be believable for Brett to drop it at that time was Sean. Sean Michaels. Yeah. But the problem is, Brett hated Sean. So he didn't want to drop it to him out of spite. Uh. <laughs> so... They kind of they told Brett Vince McMahon and his creative team told Brett, "It's like, look, Brett. Okay, we're gonna do a thing at, at our last at your last pay per view, your last contractual date that you're supposed to appear for us. You're still the champion. You're gonna have a match with Sean, but since you don't want to drop the title to him, it's gonna end in what's called in wrestling a schmoz, as in in a." Uh, like somebody interferes from the outside it's a de disqualification okay. like there's no definitive decision okay you know it ends in controversy there yeah. you go okay and then the next night on raw you just forfeit the title you know you make the title vacant and then you leave okay that was the plan 
and Brett agreed to that. But uh, Vince McMahon <laughs> went behind Brett's back and told Sean that, look, I talked to the referee while you have him in a spot in a submission hold. The referee is going to just say that Brett tapped out, like going to make the sign to ring the bell. And you're going to win the championship, even though Brett wouldn't tap, you know. Wow. Like you need to you need to tap on the ground like in yeah, you know, yeah. like they do in UFC. Yeah. To show that you and the craziest part about it is that Brett would never tap to anything as in his like his character was that he was a a submission expert. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so they put it so they did the spot, like this was planned that Sean would place him in a submission hole, but the idea was that Brett would counter it, you know, yeah. eventually. He would leave it on for a couple of seconds and then counter it and then move on with their match. Yeah. But then Sean put him in the in the in the hold, referee rings the bell, <laughs> and then Brett's like, What? And then they they say that oh Sean's the new champion. <laughs> Brett realizes what what happened. Starts spelling. This is like as the pay per view as the show like starts to like this is the last moments of the show because they were the last match of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as the show starts ending, like Brett is standing in the ring. Sean completely bolted with the title out of the ring. Just kind of ran <laughs> backstage, you know. See ya. And and. Uh, Brett is in the ring. Vince McMahon is at the, like at the ringside down. Mm. You know, Brett starts spelling the name WCW with his fingers towards the camera, <laughs> and then goes to Vince McMahon and spits him in the face. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and all of this was real. Apparently, apparently like it was. And this this marked basically everything, like because this was the first time that the public saw Vince McMahon as a person, as in as a character essentially on screen. Mm. You know? Yeah. And so from this point forward, he portrayed himself as oh, I'm the owner of the company Vince McMahon and I'm an asshole. Which he was which which is what he was anyway. Yeah. But he was also the character Vince McMahon. You know, it's like I'm the guy who screw Brett. Yeah, I'm that guy. That that's kind of why I love wrestling so much. It's just this crazy blend of reality and fiction. It's not even it's not even really fiction. It's a it's a very dangerous cocktail of reality meets fiction kind of thing. Hmm. Interesting. And by the way, if if. Uh, anybody wants to get initiated better in the world of pro wrestling there's a cool documentary series made by vice okay. called the uh, the dark side of the ring good title yeah and uh, they did two uh, uh, they're airing now season two ah, cool. but season one is uh complete and people can watch it and season two is pretty awesome it actually covers one of the most controversial things in pro wrestling have you ever heard of the chris benoit thing no. So the whole thing with Chris Benoit, he was a Canadian wrestler. He was considered one of the, again, one of the best technicians ever. Mm. Um, but the in 2007, they found him dead in his apartment. I think it was in Atlanta. And uh, 
it was discovered that before he killed himself, he killed his wife and his child. Yeesh. Yeah. And this kind of sparked uh, a lot of investigation into concussions, you know, headshots and all that stuff. I think I actually have heard of this story now that you now that you explain it to me. I think I have heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the most infamous probably things. And it's actually the first two episodes of season two of Dark Side of the Ring cover that thing in detail. Okay. That whole thing. So this show, does it go chronologically or does it just talk about events that has happened in wrestling? No, just individual stories okay. contained. They don't they don't go in any order. But you don't really need to because the no. a lot of the stories are very contained. Like yeah. they're very like the first episode of season one I think just talks about the relationship between Randy Savage and his wife, Miss Elizabeth, oh. okay. who was also a character on screen. Cool. Yeah. So there you go. Because uh, a lot of the episodes focus on individual wrestlers, essentially. Mm. But there, there's a lot of... They did a cool thing where they did reenactments for some of the in-ring stuff mm. with, with like, body doubles. And they, they shot them in the in out-of-focus, kind of. Ah, it looks really cool. Nice. Yeah, Dark Side of the Ring. Check it out. Um... What else can we talk about wrestling? Hmm. Oh, <laughs> they 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 had WrestleMania I think two weeks ago. Oh yeah, you talked about um, that uh, in a, in the performance center in the empty arena. Yeah, <laughs> it was so awkward to watch. <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense uh, doing it to no audience uh, and all. Yeah, yeah. WrestleMania was supposed to be in big again football stadiums like seventy. Uh thousand people or whatever and now it's in an empty small building it's like uh whatever <laughs> and um but there's a couple of things that i kind of enjoyed in a stupid way like uh uh they they did a because everything was pre-filmed anyway it wasn't mm -hmm. live obviously so yeah. they did a they did a lot of more cinematic edits mm. you know cinematic shots for a lot of the moves yeah, because they and, can uh, they can do that. Yeah, yeah, they can they can stop pre-plan the the camera shots and then execute kind of thing. You don't have to operate it like a live show anymore, yeah. essentially. And uh, but the thing is, there was a match between a, a wrestler called AJ Styles and a wrestler called The Undertaker. Are you familiar with The Undertaker? Dan? I've heard of The Undertaker. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> The Undertaker's character. He, he, like he he basically never changed his character or he had like two versions of his character that he kind of switched in between because there's the undertaker that's kind of basically a zombie mm. he's like undead mm. there's a version of undertaker where he's a zombie and then there's a version of him that's basically the guy who plays him who's just like i'm a guy who likes motorcycles <laughs> okay i think i know the uh, the zombie version yeah, well, yeah. that's the most popular one. Oh. Uh, but the thing is, now he's really old. Like, he's in his mid-50s, and, like, nobody's buying the zombie thing anymore. Yeah. So he kind of reverted back to his uh, kind of motor motorcycle gimmick. It's what it's called, like, motorcycle yeah. taker. Because he rides on the ring on a motorcycle, which is pretty cool. Huh. Um, the But he had a match with a wrestler called AJ Styles, 
and they had what what they called a boneyard match. <laughs> Nobody knew what the fuck that was, and a they were boneyard. so they anyway. Instead of shooting the match in a ring, they shot it in a cemetery. <laughs> nice. Yeah, with a lot of. It, it was basically like an action sequence from a movie. So, you know, so a lot of like, fake fog and, you know... Yep, yep, yep. Breaking tombstones on people's heads and stuff. Yep, yep. <laughs> somebody, one, somebody spotted a mistake where there's like a, a, a statue of somebody's head, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. And it's on a... It's supposed to be on a bust, you know? Yeah. But then the it goes behind him, behind the thing... And you can see in the corner that the bus that the statue is on is just cardboard. Uh, <laughs> it's hollow cardboard. <laughs> uh, oh well, that's that's the kind of thing when you do the do these things. But yeah, but it was a it was a fun fun match because it had like Undertaker shenanigans like disappearing and then appearing behind the enemy. <laughs> so was it more enjoyable that it was you know cinematic? Uh, that match was, but okay. that was the only match that they did outside of the ring. No, there was another one with John Cena. But anyway, uh, outside of those two, the other ones were just in the empty arena thing. Okay. And how did I they do? Know. How did they do? Because I know in in wrestling, it's very popular for the wrestler to like get up on a corner and like rile up the audience and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Interact with the crowd and stuff. Yeah. So how do they do that, or did they? They don't. That sounds, which sucks. Yeah, that sounds kind of like something's missing here. Dude, it, like in wrestling, the audience is the most important factor. Yeah. Like, in the whole show. Like when they, they do the most simple spot is probably the most awesome spot in wrestling. When they do, they just do punches back and forth and the audiences go, oh, oh, like they do in tandem with the punches, you know, yeah. or if it's heel versus face, a good guy versus bad guy. They cheer for the baby for the faces punch and then boo the the heel punch. Ah, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Just because of the crowd reaction. Hmm. It's kind of sad though that there is no crowd. <laughs> Let me explain how the how wrestling has evolved in terms of the women portrayed. the The thing is, for a long time, probably since the nineties up until the mid two thousands, sort of. Uh-huh. Like, especially WWE would only hire women as kind of eye candy, you know? Yeah. Like, they would hire women who didn't have really training or they weren't prepared. They were just basically there. I don't know. Kind of like why Why did this... I, I would call it the Baywatch thing, right? Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah, it's just and, for... Uh, it's just for visual titillation yeah kind of in mind of a better very strange it was it was always very strange because like what if you it's fan yeah i guess but anyway to take an anime but anyway but after a while fans started to hate on it that's why you get the mean chance kind of thing because it was obvious oh these women aren't trained whenever they do wrestling it looks really bad and you know if like i'm not really into you know, like people bring their kids to these shows sometimes, uh-huh. you know, kind of thing, you know. And also, 
you know, over time people realize that, oh, this is making women look really bad, you know? Yeah. So like since 2015 or so, they started hiring actual trained women mm. <laughs> and they're really good. Like, honestly, the best wrestlers on the show now are women. Like you have Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch and they're awesome. They're really good wrestlers. Cool. And but the, th the thing is, somebody pointed out, it's like, yay, we finally got women wrestlers that are at the same le that are at the same level athletically as the men, and now they can they can have the same shitty storylines as the men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, swings and roundabouts, you know. There's kind of been a a weird thing where some fans complain about women having now too much screen time but i don't mind it i that's, think it's really awesome that's every fandom there's always yeah. those so stupid there right. is there was a thing where uh, another promotion called the uh, impact wrestling uh -huh. they had a, so there always has been kind of a women's world championship and a men's world championship yeah i was going to ask you about that because i i know that there were specific like yeah, women world championship leagues for wrestling, at least at some point. Yeah, yeah, no, there's there is still yeah, okay, like women compete for the women's world championship, but Impact Wrestling, a woman won the men's world championship, uh. and you know obviously the internet exploded over that, like all the old yeah. school men in their fifties kind of oh, like, ah, what the I hell? This doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, I can I can see the comments just now. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, look, it doesn't matter anyway. As in it's it's choreographed. <laughs> yeah, like who cares? If it's entertaining. You're it's telling a story. Yeah. As long as it's entertaining, you know? who cares? And that's kind of where like some of this stuff like there because there's a lot of wrestling philosophies because of the different people from different eras. Yeah. Of how to actually do wrestling like a lot of a lot of younger wrestlers now do a lot of flips and a lot of stuff off the top rope and a lot of yeah, yeah very like more, over more, the top athletic, athletic stuff. stuff yeah and that's cool but i do empathize with some of the stuff the older generations of pro wrestlers have where they emphasize like look you're supposed to milk every move that you do yeah you know like, you can probably get the same reaction out of a crowd without risking your life almost in every move, you know? Mm, yeah. Like, if you watch wrestling matches from the 80s, Hulk Hogan would implode the arena with just doing a punch, mm. you know? Whereas now, you need to fucking twist yourself like a pretzel backwards on a jumping off the top rope and you wouldn't get like even half of that response you know mm. but isn't... and it's it's no, it's actually ahead. called it's called wrestling psychology <laughs> believe it or not okay well as in you're supposed to pace your moves you're supposed to start slow and then have like kind of a competitive back and forth for a while and then do the really impact high impact sort of I don't know, more athletic stuff and then ramp it up as time goes on in the match, you know? Yeah, sort of build up the story. I don't know. 
Yeah, like the story in the in a wrestling match is always kind of the same, but you can vary on it. Like most of the time, it's heel versus face, right? Yeah. Like there's a good guy versus a bad guy. The whole thing is the usually it's said that the heel controls the match, the oh. pace of the match, as in heel gets most of his offense in for most of the match. Yeah. So that the crowd chant a comeback from the face, oh. you know? Yeah. Because if a face is dominant from the start, it's like, oh, this is a, it's what's called in wrestling a squash. It's As boring. in it's, yeah, it's an obvious one-sided yeah. affair, you know? But you're supposed to, like, what in wrestling they call it coming from underneath. So the, the face always has to, has to give the impression that he's coming from underneath, that he's like fighting from, from, from under to get to the top, you know? Yeah. That's why most of the champions, like percentage-wise in wrestling, are are heels. <laughs> you know, because yeah. you always need a bad guy on top for the good guy to look sympathetic to when he yeah. get when he's trying to get to it. You know, yeah. I, I I love wrestling psychology because it's it's basic storytelling, but it's so effective. Yeah, I don't know, man. I love it. I like your enthusiasm, Steven. <laughs> no, I just think it's it makes sense. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's kind of as somebody who doesn't watch wrestling but has a a mark interest. Uh, no, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, yeah, but as somebody who like knows that wrestling exists and kind of knows a bit about what it is and things like that and knows about Vince McMahon and you know the undertaker and things like that then it's like it's kind of funny to talk to somebody who is you know deep into the thing is i'm not even that deep well, like to me you're that there's deep. people who are way deeper than me like the thing is i don't even watch raw or smackdown or any of the wwe weekly shows because dude raw is three hours long fuck I I can't watch three hours weekly of that fucking thing, no like no matter how good the matches are, because it's mm. fucking three hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've been watching Adventure Time. <laughs> it's ten minutes. Ah. Uh, there you go. Um, the joys of wrestling. Daniel. Yes. <sighs> Do you think people would look at me as a as a dumbass because I like wrestling now? No. Well, okay. Some people might, but then they're idiots. <laughs> because to be fair, okay. We before we started recording talked about Fate, which for the the listeners out there who don't know is an anime uh like franchise that I personally really like. And is convoluted as all hell. And makes little to no sense. But I love it. But to be fair. Like everybody has something that they. They like. That make would at some point in history. Make them look like a fucking idiot. Like hell. Game of Thrones was the most popular TV show of all time. Until it ended. And if you went back to like. When we were in grade school. And said you read you know. Song of Ice and Fire, you'd be fucking bullied because of it. <laughs> so, fuck it. <laughs> fuck people's opinion. Like what hypocrites. you like, don't be a dick. Yeah. 
Yeah. There you go. Watch Dark Side of the Ring. <laughs> it's I, really I good. Actually, I actually want to go see Dark Side of the Ring. It sounds really interesting. It's really well produced. Very well produced. And accessible, I would say. Cool. All right. Shall we move on, Daniel? Yes. We, will, All we right. will see you in part two when we will talk about our movies. All right. Good point, Daniel. Yes. This is the end of part one. We shall see you. <laughs> you already did it. I don't know why yeah. I'm doing it. I don't know why you're doing it. <laughs> I do the thing, okay, Daniel? But I have taken over now. I came from ah, the, I it's came the from... war for the mid roll. <laughs> I came from underneath. You're are you the baby face and I'm the heel? Basically, yeah. I don't want to be well, actually heels are kinda of cool. Okay, yeah. I'm the heel. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see you in part two. But guys. Daniel, we don't we both know that you don't have talent for shit, so you're gonna have to take a lot of steroids. <laughs> <laughs> well, better start now, I guess. <laughs> uh, we're gonna see you in part two brother 